Welcome, welcome to the Linen Suit and Plastic Tie Podcast, the podcast where we analyze the art of storytelling and see how it has impacted our career, personal lives, and relationships. I'm Gorv. And I'm Kevin. Hey, Kev, uh, I got I got a good fun fact with you today. Um, it's actually a basketball thing. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. So um, a little while ago, there were these shoes that were auctioned off um, for tens of thousands of dollars. I think it was like ninety-six, eighty thousand dollars They were uh, 2002 LeBron high school sneakers that Kobe Bryant gifted him. Uh, you know, LeBron was like the hottest NBA prospect even in high school. So his games were watched. You know, LeBron James is a big deal. So back in 2002, he was facing off with another really big prospect, Carmelo Anthony. So this high school game was had a lot of buzz, and it, it caught the attention of the legendary, the late, the amazing Kobe Bryant. And um, this was the middle of his uh, third straight championship season. So what he did was he gave LeBron James a pair of custom Adidas uh, sneakers that were red, white, and blue, very American, very cool, that LeBron actually wore to score 36 points in his uh, high school game in front of 11,000 fans. So these shoes sold for tens of thousands of dollars, obviously. They're also an investment. And this is a type of investing called alternative investing. This is investing in stories. This is the epic story of LeBron James with some of Kobe's magic pixie dust. These are just shoes, but they're worth something because they're limited, worn by LeBron, given by Kobe, and signed. So everyone knows these are worth something because of the story. And now you can actually even buy shares in these shoes uh, on an alt investment site called Rally Road. This is my, this is what investing is. Whether you are on an investing platform like I am, a brokerage, buying shares in a company, or buying shares in these, sto- in these shoes, you are buying stories. Well, that's going to bring us to our guests for this week. Um, this week, we are talking to Austin Hankwiz, a TikTok influencer uh, who has almost half a million followers. And he focuses on um, personal finance and investment uh, education. Yeah. So let's get to it. Great. So to start us off, Austin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What is your story? Yeah, 100%. So a uh, quick background on me is on Monday, just turned 25 years old. I graduated from the University of Tennessee in 2018 with a degree in finance and economics. I took that degree uh, to go work uh, full-time here in Nashville for a publicly traded healthcare company to do mergers and acquisitions. Uh, and then back in like 2019-ish, I wanted to get really involved. Well, I guess I was really interested um, as to what Graham Stephan and Andre Jick and uh, you know Meet Kevin were doing on YouTube as it, as it relates to creating personal finance and investing content. And so I made it my 2020 New Year's resolution to try and figure out like, what that looked like. Um, but I quickly realized it's very hard to film and produce and publish on YouTube. Uh, I know these people have some really good editors and some really good uh, just equipment and just like their experiences unparalleled. Uh, and as an amateur, it just didn't make sense. And so what I was able to then do, and I guess this goes into like, you know, my quick 
background is who I am and what I'm doing right now is I was able to leverage TikTok instead of YouTube to begin talking about personal finance and investing to a wide audience. And, and over the last maybe, let's say, I really doubled down on it, I want to say like March of 2020. So that's what, 15, 16 months ago. I've got about half a million followers. I've been able to work with some really cool brands uh, and, and companies like Betterment and Public and BlockFi. Um, and I, uh, I've got a really cool Patreon account with tons of awesome uh, patrons supporting me over there. And I've been able to work with some really fun uh, Y Combinator backed uh, fintech startups and, and stuff like that. Uh, but as of right now, I'm a guy that makes TikToks uh, on, on TikTok. It's just a bunch of little short form videos, having fun, talking about uh, personal finance, paying off debt, you know, what it looks like to, to maybe buy a house or how to begin uh, investing towards retirement or what, you know, creating your first budget might look like. Uh, and it's pretty, pretty fun. I like it. First of all, happy belated birthday. <laughs> Thank and, you. Um, I, I wanted to go do a deep dive into your first exposure to TikTok as a platform because it, it is a platform that kind of emerged and exploded really quickly over the past mm -hmm. few years. So sure. uh, for someone like you, I wonder what was your first impression of TikTok uh, when you first heard of it? And when uh, did you realize that you can make a brand over your own on uh, this platform? 100%. So I think I started using TikTok for fun when like a couple of friends sent me some funny videos back probably mid 2019. I feel like that's when it really started to tick up in popularity around the 22 to 25 year old scene. Um, but then I wasn't really on the platform on the platform until like February, March of 2020, uh, which is when obviously the pandemic was just starting to take shape and everyone jumped to TikTok. And so that's what that, that was the deal, right? It was like, hey, I want to create really compelling personal finance and investing videos, but I don't have the equipment or the production value that Graham Stefan or Andre Jick do. So what can I do? What platform can I leverage and begin to build a brand on top of that everyone's using the same equipment? Everyone's you know working within the same parameters, and that is the video editing tool that TikTok has natively to their app. And so I picked up my smartphone and was able to get started on that. But that's sort of what drew me to TikTok itself was like, it's a very level playing field as it relates to anyone can begin creating content on their platform. And I think what's interesting about it as well, and I'm sure you guys are very familiar with the For You page, if it's good content, people are going to see it versus on YouTube, it's a little bit different. So, I mean, that's an interesting concept, the idea of it being a level playing field on TikTok. And over the past year, like you said, in the pandemic, it's really exploded. And TikTok is becoming a much more viable source of income and business for influencers and people. Do you find being in that creative space, is it becoming less of a level playing field now that people are taking more seriously and buying more equipment? I would say no. I still think like, and this is maybe just me being a little brash, but like, I think it's interesting to see, like, for example, when a company would like, hey, Austin, we do us a favor and just like run an ad and like, it, like use these very specific words. And like, it, you obviously like right off the rip can tell it's like, you know, I, it just doesn't come from a genuine place. Maybe it's like, okay, this sounds just like someone paid me to say this. I think, I think what's, what's interesting about TikTok is like people can smell bullshit from a mile away. And I think because of that, and like it's a very just human centric app and very human centric platform that if you make good, valuable content, no matter what the production value looks like, right? So for me, my production value is I still record my computer screen with my iPhone eight, like that, that's how I make my videos, right? I don't care if it's that versus some guy that, that has like some cool, um, you know, HDR camera with awesome video editing and like exports the video and like uploads it and like all these other different things. Like 
people can still smell bullshit from a mile away on the app, which makes it very awesome in the fact that as long as you're creating content that is generally value-added or there's people enjoy, that you can still go viral and you can still build a brand on top of that. I think what's interesting there is the, and as we get into storytelling a little bit, the idea of TikTok, and I know they had span into three minutes, but like one minute video using the video editing is the idea of simplicity. And yep. it's something we talk about a lot. And we talked about people with, at Snapchat, people at Facebook, people at all these different companies that talk about the most important aspect of storytelling is simplicity. And TikTok's kind of forced creators into that box. I agree. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I think what's interesting is to see how although and i'm not sure if you guys are unlocked or if it's just like specific creators but i was given the ability to upload three minute long videos and i know they were like beta testing that as an app uh for months now um i, I see maybe one or two longer than one minute videos on my for you page on a daily basis the vast majority of content on my for you page is still the under one minute very simple here's a funny punchline or here's a very quick like 45 second video on like what maybe something they're teaching, but I'm not seeing people, I guess, leveraging this longer form video type content, uh, obviously not simplistic. And, and I think it's an interesting observation. What does storytelling look like for a finance and investment influencer on TikTok? Uh, can you give us an example of what that looks like? So I guess like there's, there's there's a lot of different verticals to personal finance investing, right? Like on the personal finance side, that might be um, learning to earn more money if that's a side hustle, or maybe uh, going to school and, and and studying something differently. So you can, or maybe that's negotiating a higher salary. Maybe that is uh, you know maybe that's paying off debt again, right? That could be another vertical inside of personal finance, or maybe that's um, just budgeting in general, like there's a lot of like different verticals inside of personal finance as well as investing. Is are you investing into real estate? Are you leveraging debt while you're investing into real estate? Uh, are you investing to uh, equities or indices or cryptocurrency or alternative assets, things like that? So what I try and do is from a high level figure out, okay, what are some of the most important concepts and principles and key ideas within these verticals, and how can I either write that out on paper, show pictures on my computer screen as I maybe explain why. Uh, you know what alternative asset investing is, and I show okay, Basquiat is a is an artist, and and some of his paintings have sold for hundreds of thousands of percent returns over the last thirty five years. So Masterworks.io is a company that's allowing anyone, sort of how Robinhood allowed anyone to invest any amount of money into a, a stock like Amazon for two or three dollars with fractional shares. This company called Masterworks allows anyone to invest into Basquiat paintings that might cost $10 million. But, but as you know, some sort of you know, fractional share, you have a, a small percentage of what that looks like. And so like that's storytelling, right? That's saying, hey, here's this guy named Basquiat. He has this incredible artwork that uh, historically speaking appreciates very well over time. Here's a really cool company that allows you to do that. Here's how I'm leveraging that knowledge, with, you know, which is what I'm in investing into, how much that, that then, then you think, okay, cool. How much of a portfolio should alternative assets be? Should it be 5%? Should it be 10%, 20%? Like, what does that look like? And so that's another story you can tell. Here's what a well-diversified uh, portfolio might look like. And, and then you can use examples of your own investments or maybe experiences you've had buying and selling cryptocurrency or maybe you, the returns you've, you've, you've seen with uh, in ETFs or indices or maybe your core holdings or, or maybe your real estate, right? I feel like I have, I have a mortgage. That's certainly an investment. Um, this, it's it's interesting to to sort of start from a high level and see the different verticals within personal finance and investing lean into one and have it move into another story with another one. And how yeah. do you distill all of those um, 
into a really limited time frame of a TikTok video is like usually one minute. That's the million dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, very carefully, very carefully. Um, I think what I try and do is obviously in the first three seconds, get someone's attention. And so every single one of my videos starts with a hook and 70% of the time it's how to something. And so like if you're scrolling, you might see how to um, build a well-diversified portfolio. I've done that a couple of times or, you know, um, uh, how to um, uh, something about like budgeting a personal finance, right? Here's what I like, how to create your own budget, like, or, or maybe how to plan for a trip or how to figure out a stock is worth investing into. Um, so there are a lot of like very sort of how-to videos and, and that in that sense right off the rep, like right off the bat. Um, but I think throughout the video, it all just comes down to having the most concise, clear explanations and examples where anyone, because you know, anyone is on TikTok, where anyone can understand it and to offer more context in the comments or give them a, a place to go to, to learn more if that's an investor relations website or an SEC website or some sort of other place to find more information about whatever I'm talking about. Um, yeah, that, that's the key, right? Is to catch someone's attention in the first three seconds, make it compelling, talk quickly. That's pretty important. I hate watching videos on my For You page of someone trying to tell me a story and it's just like, they talk so slow. So definitely keep, keep the pace going. Um, and, and just having good visuals uh, throughout the time. So across the many TikTok videos you have, um, do you have an overarching content strategy? I know that uh, you just talked about, you know, you usually start from a uh, very high level view. Um, how do you come up with, you know, these ideas and plan uh, and, you know, turn from the high level ideas into specific posts that uh, are very limited? uh in content well that's what's so fun right there's 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 two specific industries that are very very um fun to cover from like a news perspective sports and business because there's always a new ball game there's always a new person scoring something or something happening right so that's why a company like well originally like, like barstool sports and they're more like pop culture but like barstool sports does very well and espn does very well and these very awesome companies that we know and love because they consistently have new content to talk about and have commentary on and provide feedback and, and perspectives on. And then business, there's always something happening with a stock or a company or, you know, someone's tweeting something as it relates to Dogecoin or whatever with Elon, right? Like there's always something new to talk about. And so what I try and do, and this has been sort of the pillar, the backbone of what I, I guess my brand really is. It's like, we understand, right? With public and Robinhood and all these other really cool companies, like everyone's an investor. Everyone can download an app and begin buying and selling stock within their within their smartphone. But let's make sure everyone's an educated investor, right? That makes sure like, okay, what the heck is an earnings call? Like what how does Palantir make money? What in the world does a what does it mean that that Lavongo and Teladoc are merging? What is it, what is a merge or an acquisition? Oh, someone explain that to me, right? So like I think it's awesome that so many people are interested in investing in the stock market, but a lot of people are still needing that that extra well let me break this down for you really quickly and that's i think a very general content strategy that i use um when it comes to just like finding new ideas if it's an earnings call if it's just a general idea like hey uh i think i think two or three weeks ago amazon like someone flirted with the idea of having amazon being a stock split I had like half a million views on my video of me showing what a stock split was and i compared it to a pizza right? Like cutting up in different slices and, and all the slices are still worth the same as if they were together, but now there's you know, 
thinner slices. That is just that, you know, it's, it's very simple. Just figure out something that's compelling in the news, um, under, sort of explain why that's an interesting topic and then quantify it. I think it's all about quantifying uh, news and, and things like that for, uh, for your audience. I think that example is really important. And when we talk about kind of your content strategy and some other influences, that idea where you took a news story, um, Amazon stock spread, which hasn't happened and may not happen. And you made it an educational use. And it's kind of the idea of adding stories to education to make it yep. stick, to make it understandable, to let get people to watch. So even if it doesn't happen, that, that video is still very relevant. There's still a way that to educate someone about a topic. And if Amazon split, we now know how that works because of that quick video in the moment example. So I want to I want to kind of we've we've kind of danced around your audience. You talked a little bit about your audience, but how would you quantify and qualify your audience? Who is your audience? My audience. Well, here's the deal, right? Like my overarching goal, mission, idea is to start to begin working towards closing the wealth gap in America. There's not much we can do about the income gap. That has to do with education, background, experience, what someone wants to do when they grow up, right? But the wealth gap, I think how we start doing that is just getting people talking about money, talking about investing, talking about, I mean, that that just is the most low-hanging fruit in the world is like, just take five bucks a month and put it into VTI or VOO or some sort of index fund, low-cost index fund for the rest of your life. like. That is how you begin to build wealth. Like, let's talk about real estate and like go buying a house and like what that looks like from a budget perspective, right? And so, the you know your question was who is my audience? I'd say my audience is anyone that is thinking about taking their first responsible step towards personal finance and investing. And I'd argue that's a lot of people, right? I'd argue that's a lot of people. And if it's and and because like with so many people now. It's my age and your age, and obviously you know, you're graduating grad school here pretty soon, Kevin. Um, and so it's just like, I'm, I don't know if you have student loan debt. I had student loan debt when I graduated uh, college. And so I know a lot of other people have student loan debt. And so it's like our first exposure to personal finance, like, wow, I have a payment. Wow, I have to now balance this with my rent and, and, and this and that and this and that. And I think now people are like, okay, well, how do I get out of debt? What do I do, money? What do, I, what do, I do with my money once I'm out of debt? why this and or why this you know why the snowball method versus the avalanche method right like there's a bunch of like different things and so I, i'd argue like my audience is anyone anyone um that's 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 interested or ready to take that first responsible step towards personal finance and investing yeah that's great and very important as well i, I think something else that we've been seeing in the influencer space uh, what type of brands or advertisements you choose to work with as an influencer? Uh, I think conventionally, when when we think about um, influencers and the brands they work with, is oftentimes a YouTube video uh, that has plugged in, you know, a brand uh, that can, you know, may or may not be related to what this YouTuber uh, is working on. Right. But, but now we have um, influencers like yourself uh, who are, you know, working on personal uh, finance and investment uh, and are working with uh, brand, brands such as public uh, and investment app. Uh, so more kind of more consistency between uh, your theme and, and the brand you're working with. How, how do you think uh, this type of 
trends has shifted the way brands connect with customers through uh, the channels that you are representing? Well, so when I started thinking about integrating with brands and brand sponsors, um, I thought about it in such a way that how, how, what's the best way to do this where it continues to align with my audience and the content I make, right? So on one side, let's start with investing. There are some very key pillars as it relates to what you can invest into or the vehicles you use, right? If that's um, investing toward retirement with Betterment, a company I'm working with, uh, investing into single stocks like Amazon or Alphabet um, or Google, right? Uh, and, that, and that's with public or uh, investing in towards um, you know, uh, cryptocurrency like uh, BlockFi or Coinbase or companies like that, uh, or investing towards alternative assets like um, Pokemon cards or artwork through Rally Road or Masterworks. So I said, okay, I think these are very clear verticals that my audience, that I one, make content on, and my audience likes the content I make about these specific subjects. Let me see if I can figure out a brand partner that would like to introduce their product that I approve and use and whatever into the mix. I've been a customer. Um, I signed up for Betterment back in 2015, and I, I just I used the product. I've used it for years. And so I said, hey, Betterment, I talk about retirement investing on my TikTok. Would you guys be interested maybe in working together? And they're like, hell yeah. And so now we have a really cool relationship. Um, public, I, I had a very similar conversation with, right? Um, uh, same thing with BlockFi, same thing with uh, Rally Road and Masterworks, right? And so that's how I think creators should begin thinking about brand partners, not like, okay, we all love um, Red Bull. How can I get Red Bull to, to, to spot? Like, okay, let's, let's, how, what, what does Red Bull have anything to do with personal finance or investing, right? Maybe if you're an athlete, it would be different. But I think creators need to begin to think about what the content they make and how to integrate brands effectively and in such a way that's not like selling out, quote unquote, into their content. And then from the, the, the brand side of things, I think it has to do with what, how, how can a content creator tell or educate or, or have some sort of story? that they're already telling right now that they can interweave our company name or whatever into, right? So, and that's how I, I definitely trying to approach with like Betterment, which is a really good example. It's like, okay, I've used their platform. I have since 2015, I love it. They now, you know, compensate me to continue talking about them. That's great. My audience, I funded some 40,000 accounts for them. Now everyone else is investing toward retirement. That's incredible, good for them. Um, and, and Betterment's happy about it because they added, um, I think, they had some sort of story on CNBC saying they doubled their user base in 2020, which is incredible, right? And so um, from, the, from the creative perspective, figure out brands that integrate well with what story you're trying to tell. And then from a brand perspective is finding creators to tell that story in such a way that makes it a win-win-win situation for everybody. I like, I like that concept because it's kind of the idea of problem solving through storytelling. You find uh, someone who is a creator like you and you're looking at your audience's problems and you're like, okay, so what products can solve these problems? And you go out, yep. you find those products, you make that connection. It's like, these are the types of stories I'm telling. This is the story your brand is telling. Let's mm -hmm. work together to solve the problems for a user. So it's less like you're trying to sell something. You're like, you are doing this already. This is a brand I trust. So it's problem solving, storytelling and trust. This is a brand I trust, you trust my content. This is how we can work together. So you're kind of working with your audience. 100%, 100%. And yes, of course, sometimes it's like the, oh no, Austin, this is an ad. I always, why are you selling me ads? They're like, well, hold on now. Let's watch the video over. I gave you four really good key concepts and value added ideas. Yes, you know, I was paid to 
mention a specific person or a specific entity or something within this, but I always make sure the content I make is not just like, hey, look at this. It's like, like for example, I just did a really cool ad with an app that helps you track your net worth, talk about different ways to save money, budgeting, credit score, just like a general personal finance tool, right? Um, and in that, I was like, hey guys, here the, I'm, you know, here's some things that I'm doing right now to be to work towards financial independence. I make a budget. I categorize it by like personal and uh, debt as well as like transportation and housing. Um, I'm paying off high interest debt. These are the two methods I use, the snowball and the avalanche. Uh, I'm, I'm taking 15% of my uh, take home pay and I'm investing it towards index funds. These are my favorite index funds, right? That's like a bunch of things like you're telling people that's value added content right there. Then I mentioned the brand and then I come back and I, and I, I sort of go full, you know, Full circle here and say if this interests you here are my four favorite personal finance investing books right yes was it a brand integration it was did i also provide value beyond just mentioning this brand's name i think i did and i think that's if, if creators approach brand integrations like that every single way their audience won't like get so like brash and say oh my gosh this is a sellout or you know whatever it's like okay you know what i got get your bag i get it this is cool actually i'm not, I'm not mad at watching this thank you you know yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Just, it's all one storyline versus when you're watching TV and you have to take a break to watch an ad. Yep. To close out uh, every one of our episodes, uh, we have this segment called Suspenders. Okay. It works like this. We ask you a random fun question that's not related to anything. And sure. you can give us any random answer you feel like. All right. I'm here for it. Let's do it. All right. Question of the day is... What inanimate object would be the most annoying if it played loud, upbeat music while being used every time? A lamp. A lamp. <laughs> every. I, oh my gosh! I have my lamp on twenty-four seven. Well, not twenty-four seven, but like every time I sit at my desk, I turn on my lamp. Oh my gosh! I'd lose my mind if my lamp or any lamp, right, was like, like going crazy loud music every time it's being used. Lamp. That's Hundred percent. I love how fast you came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Top Hat. This is the part of the podcast where we analyze and dissect some of the great storytelling learnings we just got from this week's expert storyteller. And this week we had social media influencer Austin Hankwitz. I think our first learning um is the idea of on tiktok this hook based storytelling where the first thing you have to do unlike a lot of traditional storytelling you build up to the the climax the hook um as kind of that basic collabora curve but in tiktok that curve gets shifted up and you have to immediately hook the person and then keep them for that minute which is a lot harder than you think you know keeping someone's attention for a full minute on a platform like tiktok where everything is like a hit you know it's like a hit of energy so the first thing you have to do is you have to hook them and then you have to tell your story in one minute so the most crucial part of tiktok storytelling and this might be obvious is simplicity which we love to talk about on the show the idea of simplicity in storytelling and it comes down to investing as well one of the biggest problems we have is that investing seems too complicated but like we talked about in the beginning it's about storytelling it's about understanding the stories so the first thing you have to do is you have to take your message simplify it and then tell the most simple story and the most entertaining story you can on tiktok the second learning i think uh, we got is 
uh, Austin introduced us uh, to a way for content creators to rethink the, uh, how they can present uh, their ads uh, and bring brands to their audience is by uh, instead of uh, you know the the usual awkward segue into uh, whoever sponsored this video uh, you actually uh, present a problem um, a real life problem uh, that uh, your audience uh, and yourself can uh, be facing and then uh, as a solution to that problem you bring out uh, the the brand that you're working with that of course uh, involves for you as the influencer to understand your audience uh, who they are and uh, what problems they may have and what a solution they need and of course of course it works a lot better if uh, you know your own brand and you, uh, and you work uh, with companies or brands that uh, is relevant to the theme you have and that's the key it's that he's solving problems with brand and that's what's different than his other videos and it, it brings us to our third and final learning anyone can be an investor you do not need a finance degree to invest it's a daunting and scary process because a lot of people find it very confusing um, and pundits and news organizations they don't make it any easier but investing is the idea of finding value in something purchasing it and holding it until when you think it becomes more valuable this has been another great episode of the Lenin Student Plastic Tide podcast. Follow us on Instagram at, at LSPT Pod and on LinkedIn, Lenin Suit and Plastic Tide. Thanks, everyone.